Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. This is Austin Huff, and I have finagled Tony Miller to join me. Um, he has, I think, uh, I don't know if willingly said yes to join me for the rest of the school year or not, but he's going to show up, I think, because he just loves talking to me so much. Oh, I love talking, regardless of you know who it's <laughs> to. I, I talk when there's nobody else in the room, and people think I'm kind of weird. Hey man, I'm right there. I uh, I have so many thoughts going on in my head. Who's gonna you know be able to hear them all, other than me? You know, right? Sometimes they're like made up lyrics to '80s music that should have stayed in my head, but but we'll try to keep those to a minimum today. Uh, I've never had that, I think. But you know what? That's you know, okay. There's a first time for everything, Austin. Yes. So we're recording this kind of fresh Monday evening. Happy Memorial Day, by the way. Thank you to everyone who has served and given their lives. For this country, um, Monday, we just got done with sectional baseball championship games. We had three on the schedule, and boy, we had to wait till the last game to get a sectional champion in a diamond sport for the Kosha News coverage area this year. We were 0 for 9 going into the final game, uh, but Westview Baseball has pulled off a sectional championship the first time since 2014 for the Warriors. They win six to nothing over Central Noble. Uh, it's the tenth sectional championship in program history. Third under head coach Jason Ron. Uh, congratulations to the Warriors. Um, Max Angle in two sectional games, thirteen innings pitched, twenty six strikeouts. Is that good? Yes. Thank you. Um, he was brilliant once again today. Seven innings pitched, complete game. Three hits allowed, twelve strikeouts. He had fourteen in the semi or the excuse me the quarterfinal win over Churubusco on Wednesday uh, earlier or Wednesday of last week. He was brilliant. The sophomore was great, um, and then he also had three RBIs at the plate in the semifinal win over Eastside. So when on the one game he didn't pitch, he he made an impact with his bat, and then in the two games that he pitched, he was brilliant. He gave up a combined zero runs. The only Busco run came when he was taken out of the game in the seventh inning because of uh, pitch count issues. Um, you know, we're all about player safety here. So, um, yeah, Westview, they were, they've been good all year. You know, they maybe got a little lucky. Fairfield got, gets moved up to 3A. You know, their east side wasn't as strong as they've been the last couple seasons, and the Warriors get to win a sectional championship on their home field in Emma. It's very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm just – Trying to figure out where they go for regionals now because I don't understand this format. Okay, but. so the new regional format. I'm sorry, regional. They're, they only play. They're only playing one game, and there's only one regional involved. They're not going to win two regionals at once. That would be a problem. Right. So the new regional format. So they are waiting. The IHSA. It's a one-game regional. It used to be two. Now they've made it like softball, where it's a one-game regional. It's on Saturday. Where they play and when they play is still to be determined as of Monday evening. They will wait for. The rest of the matchups to be set, then they will announce, I believe by Wednesday, where everyone is playing and when. So, shall we go over the list of where that could be? Yes, I actually looked at the list and I have a pretty strong feeling of where they're going to go, but you can read them off. I'm going to say it will not be Lagodi. Lagodi, well, they got to be in the north. <laughs> That's why I okay. feel pretty good about so that. So, there are eight, but there, okay, there are eight northern regional sites that have been set, as in. There's 16 regional championship games in the north, right? And two will be played at each site. 
So here are the eight northern sites that Westview... Mm -hmm. By the way, they're playing Bishop Lores in the one-game regional championship. So here's where Westview versus Lores could go. Tony. Okay. In the order that they are listed on the IHSAA website, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I don't really feel like rearranging it. Yep. Laporte. South Bend Clay. Plymouth. Griffith. That feels like sort of the northern tier of sites, although I'd put Griffith over there with Laporte. Or, yeah. Yeah. Then we've got Oak Hill, Logansport, and a couple of sites in Lafayette, Jefferson and Central Catholic. I would put the mortgage on this game being played at Oak Hill. The other seven locations are in the western half of the state. Oak Hill is more on the eastern side of the state. That is a really west-heavy list. You're Fort, right. Fort Wayne, Westview, both eastern half of the state. I've been to Oak Hill. I went to Oak Hill last year. That's where the 3A regional was for Wawasee. Um, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's in Converse, Indiana. Um, they have shoes? Yeah, you have to wear the Converse shoes. Um, so I would I would put a lot of money on that being where they go. That's not official. I'm, don't take that officially from me. We don't know yet as of this recording. But I'm also thinking... The only other one I could think of maybe is Clay. But you're going right. to have like Penn... And Mishawaka Marion and St. Well, not St. Joe, but, um, you know, a bunch right. of other of those teams that are going to want to go to LaPorte, to yeah. South and Clay. Maybe Clay, because there's because there's three of them right there. Plymouth, LaPorte, Clay are all really close. Right. Logansport, kind of middle of the state, but pretty far south for our purposes. Because I'm also looking at, like, Fremont, you know, won their sectional and won, like, well, you've won, got two. And, well, they haven't won yet. Basically. You're right. Fremont wants softball. Baseball is still to be decided in 1A as of this recording. Right. I'm trying to think who they're playing because it's not either of our local schools. But. It's um, it's it's Lakewood Park Christian and Blackhawk Christian. So, Fort Wayne and Auburn. Yeah. So that again, would, okay, so one of them is going to be very far east, and right. there are like seven central of the state, right. center of the state. I mean, there are, off that list, there are seven US 31 corridor west. Right. That feels weird to me. Yeah, it's not a very balanced um, draw in that regard. So, in my mind, I think unless there's other games that are involving two Eastern State teams, it's yeah. going to be Westview and Lures down in Oak Hill High at Oak Hill High School in Converse. Right. Where if you blink, you might miss the school. Yeah, like Prairie Heights. Um, yes. Or or Fairfield, honestly. Uh, if you blink, you. It's you can get out of town pretty quickly there. It's sneaky. It's sneaky, kind of yeah. hidden, but not really. But also, if you're coming, yes. this, if you're coming this way, you're kind of thinking about it. If you're coming north on 33, whoo, it comes out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, so yes, but like, playing well though. Obviously, sectional champs. Because the other one would be like East Noble, which was a team that I don't think you woke up this morning thinking you were going to talk about as a sectional champion. Uh, they're in Kendallville, and yeah. that is. Well, it's the eastern part of Noble County, and Noble County is east of here, and there's only like two more counties between them and the state line, right? Yeah, there's not many. I'll tell you that much. Um, so Right. There are... I'm trying to see if we need... There, there's not like a John Harrell site for baseball, but like I can go on the IHSAA website and click on the list of sectionals, and I can get the page with all the 4A state... There's no place that shows... Is there a place that shows like every game in the state today? Uh, usually the score, the Max Prep score scoreboard bug. page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Westdale beat Cowan four to three. That's not local. No. Um, can I, I get I this in? 
Can yeah. we get this in list form, guys? I don't know who... Sectional 21 would be playing Sectional 22 winner, so I don't know who won. Maybe it was Norwell. I don't know. Max? Norwell. If Norwell's in 21, then they won it, because I saw Norwell won a sectional today. Right. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, Westview, Westview's 18-8, and eight, by the way. Bishop Lore's 22-8 and eight after yeah. today's win. Um, Bishop Lore's beat Adam Central 4-1 to one in their sectional championship. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually the first sectional for Lore's since 2012. Um, which wow. is kind of hard to believe. As somebody who graduated from high school, well, it'll be 13 years tomorrow, the fact that Lures could go, I'll say, nine years without a sectional because there wasn't a sectional in 2020. So 10 years. 2012 to 2023. Right, 11. but they won a sectional. In- minus one. Oh, I guess, yeah. 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 Yes. Um, let's see. Let, um, okay, I got the, the, the scores list, but I'm not sure all these were sectional finals. Yeah. We don't have to read them all off. I will We're not fine. read off. Uh, Ligoti beat Orleans. <laughs> oh, there's Ligoti. Uh, since we've already yeah. brought up Ligoti for no we have good reason. Talked, we have talked Ligoti twice now on this podcast. Yes, and, and, and shout out to Joanna that I was one of my youth group sponsors growing up. It's from Ligoti. Um, okay, DeKalb beat Fort Wayne Southside. So that's going to be another Eastern school left in the tournament somewhere. Yes, and like we said, East Noble. We'll talk right. about East Noble in a second. Well, um, let's see. DeKalb beat Fort Wayne Southside. Heritage beat Fort Wayne Concordia Lutheran. Um, these are in like no useful order, way, shape, or form. New Prairie beat Glen ten to one. Yeah, uh, New that Prairie. is sort of quasi local. Is that that's three A? That's sectional twenty one, I believe. So New Prairie will play East Noble. Let's I believe. see if I can hit hit up which sectional that is in. No, I have some web design advice that I would like to give Maps Max Preps, but I don't think they're going to listen. Um, and also the IHSA. Uh, yes. Uh, in fact, I would give advice to the I. Well, we know the IHSA doesn't listen to what I think, but anyway. Um, they sometimes listen to what I say. They do? You're doing better than most of us. I, uh, Lake I, Central... I at least pop up on the radar. Okay. <laughs> Lake Central beat Hobart 16-2 to over in the region, so that'd be another team looking at the Griffith-Laporte kind of pod area. Um we would have... See, I'm scrolling through everything in the state except what feels like our sort of local games um, here. Westview won. Uh, I can't tell if that car- which Carol that is. Um, Over who? Lost to a DCHS. I'm guessing that's Decatur Central, so which would make Carol Flora. Carol Flora and not Carol Fort Wayne. And then you've got a bunch of games that either haven't been reported yet or they're still going on uh, later this evening. Were there some sites that were playing semifinals and final both today? I don't think so, because we've had pretty good weather this week, knock on wood. Right, but I'm thinking some of them, like if you're in a sectional that doesn't have lights, like that 1A sectional when Fremont is out, you almost have to run two rounds on Monday so that you aren't messing with people's pitching rotations. Like, yeah, and some of that is like the Laporte Mishawaka game hasn't happened yet. It's six o'clock first pitch. Yeah, there are some uh, night games. Fort Wayne South, uh, Fort Wayne Southside and Homestead play again at six o'clock. This will be great audio when it comes out in the morning. So yeah, yeah, so everyone will enjoy this. Um, Rochester and Bremen are also playing at some point in what will be the recent past by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> um, Lagodi is playing again, not to bring them up for the third time, but just as an example that, yes, there are some teams playing for a second time today. Okay, good to know. So we'll have, uh, there will be a lot of, I don't envy the folks in the office in Indianapolis that have to stick the pushpins in the map 
and and draw the lines and, and make that work. But I think there are going to be some Northeastern Quadrant teams that are reasonably ticked off about where they got sent for a regional. Yeah, because it's, it's a weird eight. I mean, the fields they picked are good, Yeah, right? It's not like you're picking bad facilities. just happened that seven of the eight or on right. the eastern half of I mean, the state. Austin, I know I've had a game this I know I've had a game this year, I won't say where, uh, where the highlight of the facility that I was at for this outdoor sport was that somebody left a Hardy's cup in the portable restroom. Good to know. Um speaking you might of, have been at that game. Speaking of portable restrooms, um <laughs> some of our teams played like they were in one today. Ha ha ha! No, I'm kidding. I don't know how to segue that. Um, no, but Fairfield is going to want to redo one that game. Yes. Um, the shocker of the day today, Monday, three A sectional twenty two final, East Noble five, Fairfield zero. Um, East Noble went into the game with a twelve and sixteen record. Fairfield was twenty four and six, um, and the Knights beat them. The Knights beat them. Uh, Couple and, unforced errors by Fairfield during the game, but um, uh, a shocking, too. a shocking loss. Uh, to be honest, Fairfield was rolling. They just won the NECC championship last week. They beat Northwood fourteen to two in the semifinal Saturday. Um, they had a really good pitcher going today in Keegan Miller. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie, that one surprised me a little bit today. That one, you know. Great season for Fairfield, but it's going to feel hollow given they didn't win a trophy, a sectional, a postseason trophy at least. Right. They won especially, the NECC, but. Especially given that you had, how many Fairfield sports this year did win postseason trophies? A lot. I mean, the big one, certainly. Well, girls basketball. Girls basketball. Yes. But, I mean, you just had Addison Mass win a tennis sectional this week. Yep. Um, they, what, they won, I'm sure, I'm. Trying to remember Volleyball exactly did how not win. Volleyball did not win. Okay. They were in the same sectional with Northwood this year. So yeah, they yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, they usually would win that sectional. But yeah, they did no, not I mean, it's year. like that's one of the, when you get the IHSAA calendar, that's one of the first things you write in. Fairfield Volleyball playing in regionals. Yeah, Northwood Northwood was pretty good this but year. But you usually do that with Northwood too, unless they run into each other and that's right. what happened. Right. Um, yeah, so Fairfield. Um, feel bad for Alec Hirschberger, only senior on the team, an amazing pitcher. Three years he got to pitch. I mean, his first game as a varsity player, high school career, threw a no-hitter and lost. I mean, that's hard <laughs> hard luck uh, in your first game. And he won a sectional last year, so it wasn't like they didn't win anything with him. But um, it's going to feel like a big what if, if um, you know, just because – Felt like they were positioned pretty well to make a run, and baseball's a funny game, man. It's a funny game, and yes, upsets happen, and all of a sudden, thirteen and sixteen, East Noble is your sectional champion. Yeah, we we're talking before the before on the air, and the, the thing about this is the story of the 20, 23 East Noble baseball season. All of a sudden, like shout out, shout out for them. Nobody's going to remember that they were thirteen and sixteen going into regionals. Right, they're going to story is going to be they have sectional trophy. Right, and they were they won three games in the sectional. They beat, um, they beat, who they beat the first game? A oh, West Noble, and then they beat um, Lakeland, and then they beat, you know, Fairfield, and they won convincingly all three games. So I yeah. mean, they they won it. They won it. First sectional title for them in twenty eight years as well. So give them credit. Twenty eight years. Yeah, older. So nineteen ninety five. Yes. Yes. My they are. I was I was five months old the last time they won a sectional. Wow. Yes. Um, other sectional championship game we had today, uh, Penn 10, Goshen 0, sectional 4, 
uh, Class 4A. Um, not necessarily surprising that Penn won. They are the defending state champs. They're very good. Um, 23-8 and eight now on the season. It's not uh, the best Penn team ever, but even a good Penn team is really, really good compared to others. Yeah, and those are uh, the reason that for those of you that haven't been following Penn, the reason that they've got eight losses is not that they're bad, but that their strength of schedule is. Right. The only game... Maybe this ridiculous. year that was an eye raiser was they lost to Jimtown two to one, but that was a great pitching performance that night. Uh, ben McAllister, I believe, threw it for. And that's Jim another Town. one where I mean, if you're Penn, you feel like you should win that game because you feel like you should win most of your games in the NIC. Right. But I also don't feel like Penn was looking at that and saying, "Ooh, Jimtown was terrible. We never should have liked." No, Jimtown was still at a nice season. They yeah. finished seventeen and ten, but. It was still kind of like crazy. You yeah, know, it was like they whoa, are. Jim, first time ever Jim Town had beaten Penn in baseball. That so. that surprises me. Not that yeah. it was not that I'd expected it to happen often, but I mean, there's enough of a tradition at Jim Town. Mm-hmm. I guess it wouldn't have been a conference game for a very very long time. No, yeah, um, they've only been in the conference for ten years now, and they won't be starting in eighteen months. So, um, yeah, Goshen ends the season fifteen and thirteen. You know, they had a nice win on Saturday over Elkhart. Uh, Tomas Castillo pitched a really good game, complete game, um, you know, and it was going to be an uphill battle today, no matter what. I mean, it's just tough, obviously. Even if Northridge had beaten Penn on Saturday in that semifinal game, Northridge would have been a tough out for them as well. Yeah, you mean Penn would have been a tough out for them? What? You mean Northridge would have been a tough out for itself? No, I meant Goshen. It would have been a tough, sorry, a tough beat for Goshen. Like, Northridge Penn played a semifinal Saturday. Regardless oh, of who oh, won oh, that game, it. Goshen was going to have a tough time winning the sectional championship yes. regardless of who won that semi. I mean, Penn only beat Northridge 1-0 on Saturday. Right. We talked about, talked about it last week that that's a game where you... Goshen was on the lucky side of the draw and that they only had to win once and they were playing for a sectional championship. And as Fairfield found out the hard way, baseball is a sport where your momentum is only as good as the next day's starting pitcher and anything can happen. Um, That being said, that didn't happen. Um, That you look at the best teams in that sectional and you always had that Penn-Northridge semifinal circled with the winner probably moving on to play somewhere or other. Uh, See previous conversation uh, next Saturday. Yes, so... Uh, it's the first time Goshen made the sectional final since 2008. So, 15 years since they've <laughs> wow. been in the title game. 15 years since their last win as well. So they, um, I'm trying to think who they beat in that 08 sectional. Do you remember I, off? Well, no, you would have been in Illinois, so you I wouldn't remember. Also, was in seen the middle school in Illinois. Hey, I was in high school. Um, yeah, you're trying old. to think if I. Trying to think of that 08. Oh, what the, no, 08. That wouldn't have, that would have been before Goshen and Bethany started playing each other again. Um, might have done like a, a JV game with their freshman team or something, but uh, I don't yeah. think I saw that team that year either. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, we mentioned Jimtown by the way. They lost on Saturday in the semifinals to South Bend St. Joseph, nine to three. Tough game for the Jimmies. They were down seven zero after the first two innings, and uh, yeah, the winning percentage of teams in that situation is not real high. Yeah. So it was unfortunate because they had a really nice second half of the year. Felt like they were figuring some things out, but. It's a tough sectional. St. Joe's good. Mayor should walk up Marion, then beat St. Joe Monday for the title. Like two really good, two really good private schools mm. that have been good in baseball for a while. So it's hard to kind of keep up yeah. with that. Um, and then our one A teams both lost in the opening games of their respective 
I guess I guess it was all quarterfinal games, but um, Bethany Christian was shut out by Fort Wayne Canterbury last week, and then Elkhart Christian lost to Fremont, also shut out. Um, so that's that for the one A mm-hmm. baseball world for us. Um, I'm trying to yeah, Mary. We got Marion over St. Joe, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Marion beat St. Joe. I believe the, nine, uh, nine to four, eight to four, nine to five, nine to five. What a way to make a living. Yes. Um, this job is not nine to five. Tell uh, no, tell tell her about it was Billy Joel. Uh, yes. And uh, n- nine to five, of course, being Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, no, I'm just going through the uh, the local sports Twitter feed and I'm getting a lot of Notre Dame lacrosse stuff. Shout out to them on the national championship. National champs, 13 uh, But it's not super relevant to what we're doing uh, here in the, the Michiana baseball oh. and softball scene. I'm guessing shout out Chuck Freebie for his Twitter feed. and uh, Oh yeah, shout out. Out, shout out to Chuck on the Twitter feed for a wide variety of things. He does a lot of great tweets, a lot of great content. And there's also some puns that I, we were talking about uh, my 80s song lyrics that uh, sometimes they come out of my mouth and I'm not sure why. That's how I feel about so much Chuck's sense of humor. Yes. Um, yeah. His picture with Xander Horvath the other day was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Well, we also had photo of, you know, it's in this this photo, one of the people in this photo was the regional champion in the 3200. And uh, Yeah, the other one is Chuck. Right. We so. all know who that is. Uh, incidentally, New Prairie John Glenn and his, his unofficial Twitter pollage this morning was... Uh, was probably the closest of the uh, of the games he had people picking. I'm sure Fairfield East side was a pretty lopsided Fairfield vote. Uh, it was Fairfield East Noble, first of all. East Noble, what I say? East side. 86 to 4, 86, they had Fairfield, 86-14 for Fairfield, 92 to 8 for Penn. Yep. New Prairie, 52, John Glenn, 48. That was a good, that was a toss-up game, that really was. And so. uh, 70% to St. Joe, when, well, that didn't happen either. It's amazing what happens when, like, people can kind of, like, rig the vote, so... Um, yeah. Let's let's pivot to softball. Let's, let's pivot, to, pivot softball. to softball. Well, this will be quick. It, it was, um, yeah, for the first time in my time here, we have no sectional champions in softball. Uh, 0 for 5 across the board. And in no. most of our team's defenses, let me get through this, um, <laughs> yeah. Elkhart lost to the number 5 team in 4A, Penn. Uh, Jimtown lost to the number 3 team in 3A, New Prairie. Uh, Westview lost to the number one team in 2A, Eastside, and Fairfield lost to a really solid 3A team, East Noble. Uh, so, on paper, there were... We, we kind of tried to talk around it last week, but, like, they weren't, like, really great options for right. us this year. This re, The redrawn, redistricted sectionals did not help the Goshen News coverage area's cause. Right. We talked about last week that... The one sectional that you sort of went into it that didn't have a clear and obvious favorite was the 1A sectional at Lakewood Park. Uh, and there, three out of the four teams were not in our coverage area. Valiant effort from Elkhart Christian. Yes. They, wild game. Wild game on both games of theirs, actually. Yeah, they were wild up like in the sense that we may or may not have any idea where the softball is going. And those are always, uh, uh, they're fun for the scoreboard operator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thirteen to eleven was a cha- sectional championship. They lost to Fremont, but they won the semifinal over LPC eight to six, where they were like up eight to one going into the bottom of the sixth, and then gave up three runs, and then two runs in the seventh, and it got really, really hairy there for a second. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, there really weren't 
any surprises. It just happened to be that all of the teams that won were not from our coverage area. Right. Like, as a whole, it was a relatively underwhelming year for our softball teams. I was... I was sitting there on Friday night trying to think about which one was the best one we had this year. And, like, I couldn't really think of it off the top of my head. Like, Goshen, I guess, had a really a solid record, but they lost twice to Northridge. Fairfield was 7-1, and one, started really strong, and then they kind of faded down the end. They finished 17-15. and 15. Yeah. So, like... Uh, Jimtown, Jimtown started strong, scuffled in the middle, um, kind of, you know, they beat the crap out of South Bend Riley in the semifinal. That was surprising, 15-0. Yeah, that was Riley super- was solid. Because um, yeah, I mean, and Riley would have been another one of those in the Penn New Prairie South. You know, it was a decent year for the sort of broader South Bend market. Yeah, but not the Goshen News subset of that market. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was just kind of. Not a great softball year, to be honest, man. It just it is what it is. Um, a lot of young yeah. teams, you know, a lot of talent going to be coming back. Yep. Uh, so hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where that. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Um, I'm trying to think. So there's why does uh, softball? Play. I mean, I know why they play their two game regional in the middle of the week in order. I mean, just keep the calendar. One moving. game regional. Sorry, they're one game. Re- they're two team regional in the middle of the week. What mm-hmm. I meant to say. Um, they're, but they play at thirty two sites, which means they know right away where they're right. going. The odd numbered sectionals host the even numbered sectional winners this year, which gives you matchups like Caston at Fremont. That is a long drive. Penn at South Bend St. Joe. Okay, that one ought to be interesting. That is that is major major popcorn. Uh, Fun fact. Fun fact. As of this recording, the only person to score an earned run off of Berkey Zach at St. Joe this season is Jim Town. That's a team, not a person. You knew what it meant, Jim Town. Yeah. When when has that ever stopped? Uh, let's see. Yeah, so I'm just trying to get over Caston going to Fremont. That is a long That's drive. That's as bad as when Concord used to be in a football sectional with McConaughey and Peru. I mean, Caston soccer went to Westview. Yeah, a couple, the last two I years mean, ago, and that like you got to go another 40 minutes to get to Fremont. That's at least. bad. That's bad. Um, I, I guess the last time Bethany hosted a regional in 2017, most recent sectional title for a program that's on hiatus at a field that no longer exists, uh, their regional opponent was, I think, South Central of Union Mills. Nice. Scum. Which is another... Not only are you driving into what has to feel like the middle of nowhere, you're crossing the timeline and losing an hour on the way. Time zone? Yeah. Timeline? Well, the, the line time. between time zones... You're, Fair enough. You start in Central Time, you finish in Eastern Time, but then they got to they scored like 17 runs and won that game, so it didn't seem to bother them all that much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your your one game middle of the week regional. I mean, that's why we don't do it in basketball anymore, uh, because you end up part of the nostalgia of Indiana schools is you've got a fair number of small schools that the high school is kind of the interesting part of their community. Well, the other way to look at that is you have a lot of schools that are long distances apart and in the middle of nowhere. And Caston and Fremont is at least in the town. We both went through Caston on the way to Frankfurt for 1A basketball semi-state. Well, and and Caston was also the regional host. That's right. I didn't. We went went to that regional game. I didn't. Yes. Um, 
Caston, yeah, that is... Uh, That's a haul. That is a haul to Fremont. Good luck. They actually moved the game back an hour, start time. I saw that, which, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Especially um, if for the places that are still in school. Yeah, there's there'll only be, a handful. There'll but, be yeah. a handful of schools that are still... By the time you, you whittle out, you know, go from 400 schools to... I'm sorry, 372 schools in the softball state tournament, down to 64. You know, you knock out 80% of them, and you knock out about the same number, probably, that are finished by this weekend. There shouldn't be too many conflicts with places that are still in school. That would be 20% times 20% would be 4% of the state. Uh, but that, yeah, still still looking, you know, a few schools would have to mess with the actual going to class. That we are here to play school, despite what the Ohio State quarterback back at Cardell Jones, Cardell Jones said back in the day. Yeah, we don't. We're not here to play school. Um, oh, the irony in that being an Ohio State quarterback. Yes. Um, okay. Well, that's softball. Shall that's, we talk about more long drives, like the one to Bloomington? Yeah. Yeah, it's a long drive to Bloomington, which is where the state track meets at this year. Uh, we will have a lot of uh, area qualifiers. The boys meet is Friday night. Or Friday, sorry, starts at 3 p.m. at the, uh, I want to call it the David Haw track no, complex, but Robert it's not. Robert, Robert C. Haw, uh, shout out David Haw, um, journalist, Chicago, uh, North Judson. Tribune, North Judson alum, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, radio voice, 670 to score, morning show. Where did anyway, he go to college, do we know? If he Ball went, State. Okay. Hey, shout sure. out to Ball State. They're he played, in the NCAA I believe he played football. Chirp, chirp. Um, because he has some North Judson like receiving records. He was pretty good in his day. Yeah, Ball State made the NCAA baseball tournament. So did Indiana. So and Indiana State is hosting a regional. Yeah, That's they've cool. got Iowa, North Carolina, and Wright State in wow. that, which need, is actually I decent need, because I need an Indiana State North Carolina matchup just for the blue. Just give me all the blue. It's also Larry Bird's alma mater versus Michael Jordan's alma mater. Yes. Hold on, I'm cheering for MJ. So. Okay, you can do that. I yeah, would. I would I'd not pick, in this state, but right. I would probably. I mean, this head-to-head head MJ yeah. is great, but but it, it's really hard to root against Larry Bird as an Indiana basketball fan. Anyway, anyway we're talking track. about track and field, and so, uh, there's well, a definite blue contingent headed to <laughs> IU as well because you know I'm looking at this list of our state qualifiers, and okay, Northwood or Northridge has a few. Uh, there's five schools that have one each, and then Elkhart qualified in seven events. Yes. Four schools have one. Concord has two. That's a little deceiving with the column. Oh, Jaron Thomas is... Jaron. Jaron Thomas. Yeah. That's and then right. They've got the five four people going, but right. it's in two events. And I should have put a semicolon to avoid confusion, but that's okay. Um, yeah, Elkhart will be in seven events at the state meet this upcoming Friday. Um, and there are only 16 events. Yeah, the so there are in almost half of them. Um, they're not seated too high in a lot of them. They're not like top eight um, in a lot, but that sometimes doesn't mean anything. I mean, Drew Hogan was the 18th seed, I believe, in the 1600 last year or two years ago, and uh, he got ninth. So, like, yeah, they, people can outperform their seed. The thing about the thing about that is track. I mean, you're seated on the basis of your regional time, right? Yes, that's where it's at. And so that is so, but especially as you get into the longer events, that can be so dependent on your relationship to the field and the pack in that particular meet, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's not like, because I'm thinking college track, we'll talk about later in the show. um, You end up coming and getting, you come in and get seated on your best time that year. 
Right. Um, and that, I think, is, gives a truer picture of where you are in the state uh, or in the, the state picture because it's going to be, unless you're in, like, the, the Mick or something, uh, the state meet is going to be the deepest field you see all year. Um, and, yeah, and, that, of course, that's would be hard to do with the state meet because college, you have the, the national repository of meet results that everybody submits to, and there's no such thing. I mean, the, the technology is there for some schools to do it, but it's nowhere near complete. Yes, so... Elkhart, seven events. Uh, Max Malloy, sophomore, will be in three of them. Two individually. <laughs> Max, two individually. So uh, Max Malloy is is in more events than any other local school. Uh, he he's, he's second behind Northridge. Northridge oh, yes. in four. Yes, uh, I did this thing where I lost the relays. And again. then yeah, Tom. And then yeah, he's he is in more than Concord, Goshen, Wawasee, West Noble, Westview, um, or anybody else. Yes, or anybody else. Yeah, a lot of six other schools tied with zero. Um, Concord, or sorry, Elkhart Moy. He is on the four by eight team that won um, alongside Jackson Izell, Dennis Kale, and Aaron Richter. Um, he also got second in the sixteen hundred at the regional by point oh one seconds. Second to a uh, kid from Tipton, Evan Long. Point oh one. Uh, if he if his opponent had been Evan medium length, he might have won the 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 meet. We're taking a moment to recover from that one, and then Malloy got third in the thirty two hundred. Uh, he was he was debating about running the thirty two hundred, and then he did it, and then he's qualifying for state. Uh, yeah. So go figure. Raekwon Lemons won the shot put at regional, uh, fifty two feet five and a half inches, pretty good, um, and then. Four by one relay, Zach Anderson, Elias Leonard, Rodney Gates, Nathan Munson qualified. Leonard also got third place in the long jump to go to state. And then Trenton Bias uh, was second in the discus throw. So that is the seven events they are in going down to Bloomington. Um, Northridge. Um, oh, I actually forgot one kid from Jimtown. Sorry, Jimtown. Bishop Williams is in there. On my list. What's he at? What events? 400 meter dash. Shout out Bishop Williams, by the way. Has not yet been beaten in the 400 meter dash. Um, junior, he won 49.91 seconds. So that was pretty good. Beat a kid from McConaughey. Speaking of McConaughey, second time they've been brought up. Um, Still trailing Ligoti. <laughs> now Ligoti's at four, five. Um, <laughs> so uh, that, stop, I'm, stop, don't say anything. Um, yeah. He won the 400 meter dash, Bishop Williams. It was awesome. Great race. This kid from McConaughey was the only sub 50 time in the whole meet going in. And Bishop yeah. ran 49.91 to beat him. Uh, it was crazy. It was like they made the final turn and all of a sudden it was just like a two horse race. It was like, whoa. Um, and wow. Bishop was one of them. And he, you know, he wasn't, he was like seated fifth going in and he, and he won. And it was really cool to see that. Um, Northridge, four events going to state. Uh, Jackson Miller is in three of the four because he has been incredible all spring and he's backed it up again here. He's individually in the 800 meter run. Um, which he was section or sorry regional champion in this past week. Also, um, he was part of the winning four by four relay team with Matthias Hazen, Max Estep, and Jaden Fisher. Um, Miller then will also be in the four by eight team uh, that finished second in the regional with David Gingrich, Trevin Schlebach, and Will Knox. And then 
Uh, Hazen runs the 300 hurdles as well. He was runner-up in the regional and the hurdles to advance to state. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking through this list here. We said there are 16 events in a high school track meet, right? Yes. And the only ones that Austin doesn't have to worry about on Friday are the high jump and the pole vault. Yes, for the boys, the high jump and pole vault. Yes. So um, we've got, I mean, we've got 14 local, to the 16. Local yeah. competition in 87.5% of the events. This is why you're around. Um, I want to run through the single event, guys, before we get to Concord, because I want to give a special shout-out to Concord. Yeah, that um, was a little bit nuts. I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Claxton from Goshen in the 1600, finished third at the regional to get into state. Lucas Linder from Wawasee, uh, rare Wawasee boys track state qualifier. Hasn't happened a lot, uh, at least in my time here. This He might be the first one. Um, he's in the 200 dash, got third at the regional. Um, and then the, at the Fort Wayne Carroll Regional, which, you know, doesn't have a lot of our teams, but we have West Noble and Westview over there. Drew Yates was runner-up in the 110-meter hurdles from West Noble. And then Noah Bontrager, the Westview freshman who was sensational in cross-country season, excuse me, cross-country season this past fall, finished third in the 3,200-meter run over there. He's going to state as a freshman. Um, that's that's nothing to sneeze at, but no. I'm trying to think, if East Noble is in, would be in that Fort Wayne Carroll Regional too. Uh, that would be a tough. I'm just thinking they're the Knights and they have to move in like the L shape. That'd be a bad thing for track. And okay, you're going to keep going, right? Concord. Um, Jerron Thomas was second in the hundred meter dash, but the but highlight nobody's talking about the that. highlight of the night. Armin Koltukian literally diving to the finish line. To finish third by .05 seconds in the 4x4 to send his team to I state. saw that. I mean, I saw you tweet about, saw it, like half a dozen people tweet about that. And I saw the was, video it and it's like, yeah. that, Armin Koltukian is, what is he, like 6'4", 210? He's something, he's a freak. That is not a small amount of human being no. to propel through the air in a 49.1 second split. Yeah, it was, he took to the baton. To make up three places and right. go to state. Took the baton at sixth, finished third. And again, he, I mean, watching it come down the final stretch, it was neck and neck. And I, I, who thinks about diving? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's I, it's hard to put into words. I'm going to try to later this week. Tease, spoiler. Um, but like, he he kind of embodies everything you want in an athlete. And he's a great kid from what I've, everything I've heard. He's an incredible person. An incredible leader. I see, I think I've probably seen like a hundred tweets this year of like people tweeting pictures with him and their kids saying like, thank you, Armin, for, you know, talking to my kids or mentoring the wrestling team. Like he kind of was the wrestling team in a lot of ways this year. New head coach coming in. The programs kind of had to be revamped. And he was the guy along with, you know, some other was too, but he was the leader of this group for the wrestling program. He was the best football player for them this past fall. Um, he's a three, uh, all, all NLC in three sports, only the fourth Concord athlete to do that in the last 30 years, I believe. Um, if yeah. I, 30, 35 years. It was, he's only, there's only been three others. One of them is his track coach, CJ Schaefer, actually, 2003. Um, Apple didn't cool. far fall for, or fall far from the right. tree. Like, he's a great kid, great student, 4.0 student, like, does everything right. He's exactly what you want as an athlete. He works hard, and to just have that instinct to be like, I am going to literally lay it all on the line 
to make get my team to state. It's it's incredible. It's it is in the moment. I said it was the craziest thing I've ever seen at a high school sporting event, and I don't know if anything can really top it. Like I've covered state championships. I've seen some amazing games, amazing moments. To literally see a kid dive at the finish line to get his team to state. It's incredible. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, in the era of all-weather tracks, you don't usually talk about kids getting the dust of the track all over themselves. It was incredible. He looked like he was blood. It was not blood. Uh, after I tweeted out that it was blood, it was not blood. I, we did a more and thorough investigation. But um, he had, like, arm burns on Good. his... Good. We'll tell the, the biohazard unit to stand down. <laughs> I looked like blood. It looked like, you know, like the, the, um, the things that clip you know, your bib number to your jersey, like, obviously he landed on that, the paper clips, so I thought maybe safety he cut pins, him, I think. Yeah, I thought maybe he cut himself from the safety pins that were holding on his, his That's bib. why they use safety pins yeah, and not safety. regular pins. That's true, that's true. Anyway, um, it was incredible. What a, what just a performance. And it, for, you know, and like, it's also kind of cool that like, you know, they beat Penn for it. That's, that's fun. People like that. Um, so it was just an incredible moment. Um, what a great way to end the meet. I tweeted about it, but man, Thursday's regional was amazing at Warsaw. There was just every race felt like it was competitive. There was really good, like we had a high jump off basically between the kid from Warsaw and the kid from Manchester. They were just going back and forth, hitting marks. Our coverage area is not, I mean, that's another one of those that our coverage area is not going to state. But worse, you know, but I mean, what's the Randall kid's first name at Warsaw? Jordan. Thank you. And then uh, the kid from Manchester's name escapes me. I apologize. But I wrote about it, actually. Hold on. It was incredible. Um, it was incredible. Like, literally, we, like, people, we stopped running events so we could watch the high jump. Uh, Colby Hacker, Haker from Manchester, um, H A E C K E R. Colby Haker, Hacker, whatever. I'm guessing it was Hacker, but- unbelievable to watch them go back and forth. I mean, this is not small heights. They were six foot nine was the winning height. I mean, that's that's a regional record. This was two record performances. Yeah, it was this- incredible. It was just an amazing thing to watch. Um, and the running was great too. The two hundred was awesome. The one hundred dash is always competitive. The four by one, right? The four by four at the end, just unbelievable. The four by eight, Elkhart holding off Northridge to win the four by eight was amazing. Just, I don't know, man. What a day. 1600.01 seconds. Crazy. Crazy. What a <laughs> Right. Mean. The 1600 was separated by one one hundredth of a second. It's as close as you can get. Literally. It was And amazing. nobody's talking about it because the four <laughs> by four had somebody diving across the finish line. <laughs> it was incredible. It and was the a, high jump, yeah. It was a fantastic, fantastic. Uh, regional. It was, I mean, we used the phrase, leave it all on the track or leave it all on the line or whatever. And the two times it usually comes up is either somebody like gets sick and regurgitates or somebody dives across the finish line. It's and, incredible. Yeah. And thankfully this was not the former of those options. Yes. But anyway, let's, uh, let's try to get the girls track. Girls, let's, uh, yeah, actually we yeah, had really good showing for the girls in terms of throwing things. Try not to get hit by any of them. No, but no, trend, uh, no, no guarantees. I should say. Okay. Um, yeah. So we had uh, a litany of qualifiers, uh, like you, like Tony alluded to, mostly in throwing events, um, a lot of field events in general, but the throws specifically. Uh, Concord's Macy Swinehart in the shot put, uh, second in the regional. 
Ava Decker was second in the discus at the Goshen Regional. Um, and then Emma Yoder won the discus throw at the Goshen Regional throw of 156 feet, one inch, uh, seven inches off the old record, uh, regional record. She is seeded second going into the state meet this week. And she finished third last year as a sophomore. So uh, she is positioned to do well this weekend. So that will be fun to follow. And then we had two throwers from the Carroll Regional Advance. Kaylee Jordan, a freshman from West Oval, in both the shot and the discus. Uh, third, second place in the shot, third in the discus, so congratulations to her. And then Lucy Rensberger in the discus from Westview. Uh, she finished fourth at the regional, but her throwing uh, distance was good enough to receive one of the like at-large bids. I don't know what else to call them other than that. Um, right. So congratulations to her. Um, and then... Uh, one other field event, Riley Robinson from Concord in the pole vault. Uh, she has improved by like almost two feet in the pole vault this year. Her regional, her sectional height was 10 feet, three inches. She vaulted 11 feet at the regional. That's you're a not nine spo- inch improvement. You're in not week. supposed to do that in a week. That's incredible. Right. So she's kind of seated middle of the pack. The, st- the top uh, seed in that was like 13 and a half feet. So, unless she, Riley yeah. Robinson, improves an incredible amount or everyone else messes up, uh, it would be hard for her to win state, but she got the state, and that's insane to think about. And pole vault's not an easy event, man. You can't just, like, figure out you're good at pole vault. You've got to be a little bit crazy in some specific ways to get 11 feet off the ground. Yes. Um, also, in the running events, because we have runners going to, Allison DeFries from Concord in the 200-meter dash. Um, Northridge uh, qualified the 4 by 8 with the regional as regional champs. And then Dakota Moore got in. She was fourth in the 1600, but the regional champion, Mary Eubank from Penn, scratched afterwards. They decided they will run her only in the 3200 state. So Dakota gets to go as the third uh qualifier out of the Goshen Regional. So that's pretty exciting. Um, and then both the 4x1 and the 4x4 relays for Northwood will be going to state as well. So um, on paper, the best chance for us to get an all-state kid is Emma Yoder across both boys and girls. But crazier things have happened. Yeah. I'm you just, I mean, on paper, you don't dive across the finish line either and look where that got us. Yeah, that was, um, yeah, I still can't get over that. So, um, girls meet is Saturday, 3 p.m. at IU, uh, Robert C. Hall Complex. Uh, the Unified Track meet is before that, and Elkhart is one of the teams participating, one of the 12 teams participating in the uh, Unified Track State Championships. Those begin at 11 a.m. Saturday morning. So, congratulations to all those athletes uh, from the Lions on their championship or they got third of the regional sorry top six teams from the two regionals advanced to state so congratulations to the lions yes that's pretty cool that is talking about confusing state tournament setups how do you do golf anymore (laughs) before we do golf i I forgot to mention girls tennis we got to mention girls tennis the season ended i i blanked about it earlier uh typing up this rundown but 
The season ended for Northwood this past week. All of our teams, I guess, too, um, that were remaining. Northwood won the regional. They beat uh, Westview 4-1 to in the semifinal, and then they beat Concord 4-1 to in the regional championship uh, before they lost to number four Fishers in the semi-state 5-0. Uh, not necessarily a shocking result, given that Fishers is uh, really, really good. Northwood had a tremendous year, though. Uh, first conference championship since 1989, I believe. Um, they won a sectional title, uh, first one since 2019. They were the outright, I said, the outright NLC champs. They won a regional title, only their second regional championship in program history, the other being 2009. They went 17-2 and on the season. Their only two losses were to Penn and Fishers. Which Who are considerably larger. Than you are allowed to lose to those teams in a sport like tennis. You're allowed to lose to those teams in, in most a lot sports. Of sports yeah, true, frankly. true. Uh, but specifically tennis, that's it's an, it's not a bad loss. Let's just no. say that um, the only team that Penn has lost to really is St. Joe, and St. Joe is number one. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a tough ending, obviously, for Northwood. You you'd like to go farther, but I mean, all things considered, really good year. They only graduate two seniors from the starting lineup next year. They're going to have five of the seven back. They're both their number two doubles players are back. Um, the number two singles, number three singles, you know, half the number one doubles team. So you got to figure they'll be in the mix uh, next week or next week, next year again. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned too earlier that Addison Mast won an individual sectional championship. Uh, she is 23 and 0 on the season now. From Fairfield, she will play in the individual regional this Saturday at Laporte. Um, she plays a semifinal matchup at uh, 10 a.m. Central, and then if she wins that, the championship matchup is at 2 p.m. Central. Um, she has a very favorable semifinal draw. <laughs> I was just going to make that point. Yes. Yeah. If you want to uh, read that off, but so we've got Addison Mast of Fairfield in match two against Sahara Joyce of Michigan City. Who is a freshman and is eight and nine this season. Nine and nine. Now, if you nine the nine. one postseason win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They got them separated. And then on the other side of the draw, you've got Elena Franz of LaVille, whose record is not filled in. Obviously, she's undefeated in the postseason or she wouldn't be there. Yes. And you've got Sasha Adams from Whiting, a senior with a 24 0 record. It's pretty good. So, so in theory, I, I mean, I'm reasonably certain I know who is favored in the morning matches. Yes. I do not have a great handle on what to expect in the afternoon other than some solid tennis. Same. So that is Saturday. Again, Laporte. uh, Laporte always hosts the individual tennis regional, in case you're wondering. Right. And then Um, is it, so the four regional champions go to state, and then anybody that drops out of teams that lose in the interim. Yeah. And anybody, I guess if you are undefeated on a state champion, you don't really drop out. You just end up in the individual state tournament. You also play in the individual tournament, yes. So, uh, yeah, so let's talk about, you mentioned it, uh, the confusing state tournaments. So Uh, Boys golf. Okay, one more thought on girls tennis. Oh. I'm looking through here, and I see Emma Goo of West Lafayette. And, uh, okay, so I see five undefeated players left in the state tournament, like undefeated across the board. Riley Trinkle of Providence is 16-0. Chase Boyer of Evansville Memorial is 20-0. and 0, um, And um, what did I just say? Emma Goo of West Lafayette, mm-hmm. 
24-0. And then so the other two we mentioned. Addison Mast, one of five players in the state that's undefeated at this point in the season. At least in the individual tournament. In the individual tournament, yeah. I guess there could be others <laughs> that are still left. We're down to eight now, eight teams mm-hmm. left in the... Uh, so even if every single one of them had an undefeated player, which isn't true, uh, there would be 13 players left in the state that are undefeated at this point. Yes. So we're somewhere between 5 and 13, probably on the lower end of that number. Yes. Okay, golf. Um, Get yeah. in the hole. So sectionals begin this week for boys golf on Friday. So the top three teams in each sectional, plus the top three individuals from non-advancing teams, will go to the regional, um, which is going to be uh yeah that's next week we'll worry about the regional when we get there uh sectionals will be again um two of our sectionals are friday and then one of them is on monday because why why not because graduation probably honestly it's probably the reason why uh so the main sectional for us is over at meadow valley friday morning we have nine of our 12 schools uh that we cover competing there um, Northridge is the headliner. Uh, they've been ni- they're nineteen and zero now in nine hole matches. That's pretty good. They've won three invites. Um, I'm just saying four, you four if you lost. include four if you include the NLC invite. So they've won they won the Goshen invite. They won the Manchester invite. They won the NLC and they won the Warsaw invite this past weekend at Stonehenge, which is where the regionals played. Fun fact. Do they have to make move the big rocks out of the way to play golf? Yeah. Well, actually, the one hole, there's holes in between each rock set up. It's actually really tricky um, to putt. Um, you know what I don't, I don't, I don't know what I want to know? How do they rearrange the rocks at Stonehenge when the time changes? I don't know. Um, here's my unofficial, if I was a betting man, picks, which I never do on this podcast, so these will definitely go wrong. Um, I feel pretty confident in Northridge to get through. Home course, they've been really good at Meadow Valley this year, um, and they're just the best team in general of the 12 that go there. Um, I was going to say, I think Northridge would be favored, like if we played sectionals, that mini golf course used to be out on 33. Yes. I don't think it matters where they play. They're, they've kind of proven themselves to be one of the better teams. Pinewood Chase. Yes. Which never existed in my five years here. It's very sad. The, the sign is still there. there. Right. The sign is the still there. The course is not. Um and then you're going to have three teams battling for the final two spots, Fairfield, Northwood, Lakeland. Um, all three have a very good player at the top, Braden Miller for Fairfield, Earl Williams for Northwood, Ben Kyle for Lakeland. Um, and all, so all three, regardless of which team doesn't make it through, if the other's individual will go, right? Like Ben Kyle should go individually if Lakeland doesn't make it, Williams for Northwood, Miller for Fairfield. Um and then individually, uh, other than uh, – I, and I, I, I can't speak for Bremen, Prairie Heights, or uh, – well, that's it, really. They, we have 10 of the 12. No, yeah, Lakeland. I can't speak for Bremen and uh, Prairie Heights' depth, number one guys. But uh, Silas Har from Westview and Aiden Hibbard from Elkhart Christian are the other two solid individual players in this field. So whichever teams – Mm-hmm. Top guy doesn't get through, and then the other two individuals. That's that'd be my picks. Yeah, I mean, this is golf is another one of those sports where, okay, hopefully most of the people at golf sectionals are shooting a little bit better than what you and I would do, but you don't magically go from a, shooting a ninety to shooting a seventy-two overnight. Right. 
Um, and then the Warsaw, sorry, the that was weird. Warsaw sectional is at Rosella Ford. Wawasee is the only team that we have there. Um, it's going to be tough for them to advance on Friday. They are in a sectional with Culver Academy, who's so pretty good. Warsaw is pretty good. Um, Tippy Valley's had a solid year, but Wawasee is a couple individuals. Um, Miles Everingham, Vaughn Dyson, Jay Finlinson, their top three have all kind of fluctuated on who's going to play well in a certain day. So one of those three, maybe all three, could get out as individuals um, if they put it all together at Rosella right. Ford. And since um, you're only taking three individuals, there's none of that thing where, like cross country, you can have enough individuals qualify if they're all from the same team that you actually get an extra team at regional. And you can't do that with only three individuals going in golf. Right. And then, I am the only person that thinks about this, I realize. No. I think about it too sometimes. And then the other sectional that we uh, worry about is sectional four, South Bend Riley, Erskine, 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 Erskine Golf Course on Monday. Elkhart and Jimtown are there. Um, I don't foresee Jimtown making any noise, but Stephen Webb from Elkhart could make it out as an individual. You shouldn't make lots of noise to golf mate. They frown on that. That's actually an issue. Uh, and yeah, and then the regional format is stupid again this year. Um, they have cut the number of individuals that can advance. From five to two. And the top three teams go now. I'm just... I'm not in favor of, t- of shifting the focus of golf, which is really an individual sport, from, from individual it. to team. But that ship has pretty well sailed and nobody cared what I thought to start with. So Does not seem a lot of people are, th- are happy about it. Which begs the right. question, who was in favor? Well, the teams that were strong... Because their two, three, and four depth was better than everybody else or in favor. But it's not like there's more teams going now instead. It's still the same number of teams. It's just less individuals. I think we're in the same I think we're of one accord here. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh let's do some quick whip around stuff. Goshen College. Season's over. You're uh you're out for the summer, Tony. Congratulations. Yeah, something like that. No, now we update the record books. Yeah, thank you. Finally. Yes. Uh, yeah, two All-Americans in the track national track mm-hmm. track national track meet. Um, <laughs> the national track meet. And somewhat surprisingly, neither of them were the 4 by 800 relay teams. No, but I mean, Nelson Kemboy was not a surprise in no, a sense because he's Nelson Kemboy. Nelson Kemboy does that kind of thing. And I say 4 by 8 relay wasn't an All-American. The women were ninth, so they missed by a spot. Yes. Um, the and men was a little disappointing. A little disappointing. I mean, if you can call... You know, being in the top 16 in the nation, disappointing, yes. That's yeah, true. I mean, when you were seeded fourth going into it, it's yeah. a little disappointing. But again, a different ball of wax when you're at a national meet and you don't have, I mean, they qualified out of what was by a long shot the fastest 4 by 800 meter heat in the nation this year. Yeah, And when tough. you don't have, when you don't have, when you're not being pushed by that around you, things can... I mean, the margin between being an All-American and not being an All-American, the, the ninth-place team is still really good. Um, yes. And so if you have a little bit of an off night, off day, whenever they ran that chronologically. Um, evening. Evening. If you have an off evening, it's... Uh, off evenings are good in terms of the when, when it's the off candles that keep the mosquitoes off of you. They are not good when it comes to track meets. Yeah. Ken um, Boyle, by the way, was fifth in the 10,000-meter run uh, Friday night. Or sorry, Wednesday night, and then Mercy Chabet. Did I say that right? Chabet. I think it's Chabet. Chabet was seventh French. in the fifth, the five thousand meter run. She won her prelim heat on Thursday, and then finished seventh in the championship race on Friday. Yeah, 
So, so good for her. Good for them. It was awesome. Yeah, good for them. Um, both of them. Crossroads League showing out at Softball Nationals. Marion's still alive in the loser's bracket there, and that is a Marion team that Goshen definitely feels like it should have beaten one, at least once this year because they scored five runs in the first inning and then not good things happened after that. Um, so Marion is still in the... Uh, they'll play tomorrow against the winner of Oregon Tech and Midland. Game's probably over by now. You can check that out online. Um, and the other two teams are a little left that don't have a loss yet are Southern Oregon and Cumberlands of Kentucky. Uh, so Marion's going to be top four in the nation, which is not going to be a surprise to anybody that saw them play this year. Baseball is always kind of interesting because, well, the Crossroads League had two teams at Nationals, and they were the seven and eight seeds. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan played a barn burner with Georgia Gwinnett this afternoon. So they're still alive in the loser's bracket. And the other, the other, uh, the teams that are still alive, the other three of these will be in the loser's bracket. And I don't know which ones they are because the games haven't happened yet. Lewis Clark State of Idaho, Mid-American Nazarene of Kansas, Taylor, Westmont, William Carey of Mississippi and Southeastern of Florida. Uh, and they're out in Lewiston, Idaho, where Saturday night they played until 3.18 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless electricity. Yes, I was texting one of the SIDs that was there. My first thought was, so I assume you're not getting up to watch the GP of Monaco on Sunday morning. My he, second might thought, been, he might have been up still when no, the I GP of Monaco No, I don't think he was. Uh, but he was definitely up during the Indy 500 because he was the first person I texted. And I said, where did that tire just land? On somebody's car. Yes, um, and the lady got a ride home. From, from the, the president of yeah. the Indian... I mean, cool. that is not a uh, a surprise in the sense that Douglas Bowles, the president of IMS, has been pretty clear that, I mean, if the, he's going to be... He's not going to be the president that sits in the corner office and stares out the window all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is pretty active about making sure people have a, get to experience the Indy 500. Boy, that was the first... Uh, I mean, we it took an hour to get the last 20 laps in. Yeah, but a solid finish and a pretty brutal. It was. It was great at the end. It was the a great race at the awesome. end. It was a great race for about 160 laps. The final 20 percent, there was a lot of sitting around watching things get fixed. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Let's get this podcast almost done. Let's, we have two quick things. Two. Yep. Our semi-professional sports teams are happening. <laughs> I am dropping the standings <laughs> card off the are table. Are happening this week. Um, Goshen City FC Soccer is back in action. They had a week off. I didn't even, You know what's funny? I didn't even realize they were off. I think most of the league is off over Memorial Day weekend. Which makes sense. Which makes sense. But like, the, I was just like, oh yeah, they just didn't play this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, fine. the thing is, it's an 11-team conference. So there's always somebody that's not playing unless you do something funny with the schedule and somebody doubles up. But yeah. I'm going to be honest, like I'm looking, I've got their standings on this card that I have retrieved from falling off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, they are in fifth, fifth in the league. Top six make the playoffs, top four host. Okay. Uh, Saturday is going to be tough. They bring in Vishwoka, Chicago. I think I said that. I'm right. just going to say Wisloka and call it a day. W-I-S-L-O-K-A. I'm not sure if it's Polish or Czech. I don't speak either one of those. Um, well, you have to learn because uh, yeah, they're coming in. You're doing the PA for it. Six wins and a draw in seven games. They're second in the league. But the thing is, Goshen is only a game out of third. Yeah, like, and that third place team is United Serbian, who they reasonably well pantsed. Yes, that's a way of putting it. Um, City FC is playing well. They they had a one-one draw on their last outing against Sueños FC. 
Um, yeah, and that's a, honestly a game where they're going to think they left points on the table. Probably those two, four, and one. Probably, but um, yeah, it feels like you know if maybe one. I'm saying one more win secures it for them, but like, well, I think one more win if they if they beat Vishwoka, we have a definite uh, playoff contender status on the table in the sense yes. that they have just beaten the number two team in the league. Um, I'm trying to remember who their remaining two games are against. One of them, I don't remember. You're well, we ha- they have a very helpful website. Their website I'm is actually pretty nice. Trying to pull up here um, with photos of people on them, uh, on it rather. And so they, they play, okay, they play Vishwoka Chicago on Saturday the 3rd. They go to Chicago Strikers, which is actually misspelled, not that we talked up their website. Uh, they play. They are in last place on Saturday. Are they in last place right now? Uh, they could the Chicago get, Strikers. They could get out of last place with a win because uh, they're they're on four points, three points for a win, one for a draw. Um, and they've got a couple of teams on five right ahead of them. Uh, so Chicago Strikers and then Lake FC, the final home game on Saturday. So they've got one really tough game and two that I don't want to say are going to be easy because you got to show up, but. They've got two pretty winnable contests out there, and if they go 16 points, it's going to be really hard for any of the teams that are behind them to catch them. And they might be able to make some noise. I mean, we, we think the top four host, and I have to say that given what I've heard about attendance at the UPSL level, I'm not sure that coming to Goshen City FC is anything some is something you want to do in a single elimination playoff. Yes, so that should be fun. Because we've be? had several hundred people at those games, and there is a non-negligible amount of noise. And Yes. Yeah. What else should be fun? This week, the Elkhart County Miracle begin. They are finally here, baby. Do you believe uh, in Miracle? I, I believe in the fact that the Miracle are playing. Uh, Wednesday night is the home... Home opener, the season opener, the franchise opener, whatever Please you want to call it. forgive me for a degree of skepticism in taking their opponents seriously because this team from Lake County, I assume it's Lake County, Indiana? Yes. What do they call themselves? The Corn Dogs. The Corn Dogs. Let me put myself on a stick and fry myself in batter. Yes. Uh, so the, uh, the miracle open up Wednesday night. Um, a little birdie has told me that... Uh, 2022 Mr. Football, 2021, sorry, 2021 Mr. Football. No, I lied. He was 2022 Mr. Football. Drake Bowen will be on the Miracle roster this year. Notre Dame. You don't mean Larry Bird told you that. Drake Bowen, yes. Yes, your little birdie, I mean. Uh Uh-huh. I have my sources. I don't know if I'm supposed to allow to say that, but oh well. Well, you just did. did. So, uh, Drake Bowen's on the roster. Um, he, you know, kind of a good football player, kind of a good baseball player, doing both at Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, he's good enough to play at Notre Dame, and I think he's better at base at football than he is at baseball. Citation: He was Mr. Football. He was pretty good. He's been he's pretty good. He won a state title. Yeah. Um, um but I mean, there's a decent amount of that athleticism that translates regardless whether you're playing football or baseball or high alive. Uh, I know nothing about Hialeah, but I assume that, yeah, we're not going to go down that for, that road any further for once. Yes. Um, no, you you don't magically become less competent or less athletic just because you're playing a different sport. Yes. So, it will be uh, Wednesday, like I said, 
7 p.m., the Corn Dogs coming to town. Uh, they are home all five days right here, Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, weather looks pretty. I mean, look, weather looks warm. good so far. Knock on wood. Uh, it's gonna be warm. So you think that table's actual? Dress, I, it might be. I don't know. Um, it's the only one way to find out, I guess. Um, but uh, they will play 7 p.m. games Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday 6 p.m., Sunday 2 p.m. I do not know who they're playing every day. Don't, don't ask me. I just know it's Corn Dogs Friday or Wednesday night. And we and do know they're playing the uh, Northwest Indiana Oilmen. On Sunday, or Saturday. Saturday, because 2016 World Series MVP Ben Zobrist will be uh, throwing out the first pitch, I believe, there to sign autographs, um, doing all these fun things for the fans. Uh, yeah, Ben Zobrist, uh, one of my, you know, heroes as a sports. Where did he go to college? Where did he go to college? Illinois. Where did he go to college? You know. Olivet Nazarene for three years, played a senior year at Dallas Baptist. Yes. Olivet Nazarene, Illinois. That's one of those that comes out of the NAIA people talk about Ben Zobrist. I mean, if you go to the NAIA website. It's he's on there. I remember seeing that. You click on NAIA players and the pros, there is a very nice photo of Ben Zobrist. 2016 World Series MVP, World Series champion, Ben Zobrist. Um, Let's see. We have the, uh, it's the Corn Dogs, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Oilmen, and the Panthers again. It's only a six-team league, so they're going to play everyone a lot, at least uh, ten times. And at then least they like play the Panthers times. a third time on the eighth. Yeah. The Generals are the other team in the league. Yes. I don't know what the first names of those teams are. I have them written down somewhere. A lot of them are in the region. So Northwest Indiana, Whiting, you know, uh, Lake County in the region. Yes. Uh, the Generals are like a traveling team, I guess. Or Griffith. Maybe. Are they the, uh, they're the, we have five teams and we can't have an odd number team. Well, they're, no, like, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird league. Um, independent ball. Independent, it's, yeah. It's all weird. As they said, there's a literal book of stories about the Frontier League, which is a notch up. It's actual, I mean, it's unaffiliated pro baseball, but it's still pro baseball. And the, the one there is everything happens in Chillicothe. You ever been to Chillicothe, Ohio? No. It's okay. Um, I don't even know if I've driven through it. No, it is down south of Columbus. Well, maybe I've driven through it. I do it. You do it. Uh, we go through it on the back way down from Columbus into West Virginia to see my brother in Raleigh. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I can't remember if that is where the Racks is. The old roast beef restaurant it used to be downtown Goshen back when there were more than a handful of Racks locations. Anyway, there's one of those in South Central Ohio as well. Um, because my dad saw that and we had to stop the first time we went through there. Yes. Um, Good dad. But um, also the French Opens this week. I know. You have your brackets. You yeah, want to talk about just it. my stack of French I'm Open. Looking, I'm looking at the timestamps of how long we've been talking. Okay. So. I'm going to, I'll try to keep this short. But keep the, it brief. The good, so the good news from You've an American standpoint seconds. is that Coco Goff and Jess Pagula are two of the top six in the world. They're on opposite halves of the bracket. Could meet in the final. Uh, Goff plays tomorrow. Is going to have to go through Igor Sviatek of Poland, who's the top seed to get there. On the men's side of the draw, there are actually, I think, four seeded Americans. Taylor Fritz is ninth. I just about said Taylor Swift. That would have been bad. Uh, also, Tommy Paul and Francis Tiafo are 16 and 12, respectively. Sebastian Corda on the other side of the draw just got 15 a, seconds. Uh, just got a gift because the seed he was going to run into in the third round is out. But Fabio Fognini of Italy looks really dangerous. Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic 
probably the two favorites on that side. And Three, one of the seated two, or one the second seed in men's doubles done. is a done. Carmel alum Rajivron. Okay, I went a little bit over, but forty eight seconds. But that, hey, that's a French me Open limiting minute. something to forty eight seconds is a win. The on Maple your Leaf end. Minute French Open Edition brought to you by Tony Miller. Yes. So uh yeah, that's it. We're going to wrap up this week's show. We'll be back next week. Full state track recap for full boys golf recap. Uh, Westview baseball playing for a regional championship recap. Goshen City FC. Goshen City FC. The Miracle. The French Open. Uh, the Memorial Golf Tournament. Uh, the street race for IndyCar in Detroit. Uh, the Coke 600 is going on right now. Uh, the Cubs. Hey, they got a one hitter today. The White Sox. Please get better. You know, the Cubs are ain't that much better right now. The Cubs either. are now an entire game ahead of the White Sox. Woo. Yeah. And they're all better than the A's. Twenty. Well, I think you and I could be a better team than the A's right now. That'll be it for this week's edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. We're better than the A's. See you next week.